TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Santana into the windup. The payoff pitch on the way. Swung out and missed. Strike three. He's done it. Johan Santana has pitched a no-hitter. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the Free Odyssey app. Yes, sir. Okay, I think I'm all right now. Let's see if I cannot talk like this next segment. I wanted to talk about a few things still on my agenda coming off of week 18, another NFL season in the books, man. Shout out to Tiki Barber and him going off today. I forget what the caller had said, but like you know, Tiki is the nicest guy. He, out of all of our hosts, he's he's a sweetheart, and he also was a monster on the field. So like, you know, there's two sides to Tiki. And I think in my open, I said maybe bad Tiki is starting to like get to actual Tiki, where like there's not bad Tiki, but there's like all right, I've had enough Tiki that uh you know comes out of the woodwork a bit. What is this right now? Stephen A Smith, Derek Jeter, Travis Scott all at the national championship in a suite. Who else is in this suite? And for why? So I I know Jeter obviously Kalamazoo, Michigan, Stephen A Smith, ESPN, Travis Scott from Houston. I guess all those guys make sense, but they all know each other all. These famous people, man, I got to get up there one day. I got to get up to the the upper echelon of of these famous ranks and and just pop up in a, a suite at the Natty with these random folks. Hey, hey, good to see you again. Anyway, back to what I was talking about. Uh, I really, I'm trying to get to this. I completely disagree with Shannon Sharp's take that James Winston should be cut and that he's not a winning player and that's why Tampa was able to get to the playoffs with the same team and, uh, you know, Tom Brady took the same team and won the Super Bowl. First off, Uncle Shea Shea, it's not the same team. It's not the same coach. Bruce Arians was the head coach, not Todd Bowles. Just start there. It's not the same head coach. Personnel is completely different. There's a bunch of guys that aren't on that team, right? Look at the running backs. Leonard Fournette is with the Bills now. Just barely getting to play with the Bills now. Rashad White wasn't on that team. There's a bunch of receivers over there that, that like, I could go on. You know, I was so disappointed in the take, but I understand where it came from. Shannon Sharp is a former NFL player, and he's an old-school football guy, right? And I guess there's this old-school football mentality similar to uh, the unwritten rules of baseball of, like, respecting your opponent. And Shannon Sharp said if he was on the Saints, he would have jumped off sides to back the ball up. 
No, you wouldn't because it was clear that the offensive players on the Saints were all on the same page. So much so, a couple of the offensive linemen threw their arms up to signal touchdown when Jamal Williams scored. So if you missed this and you haven't caught everybody's takes on it and people are talking about it and it is going to be forgotten about in a few days. Once the playoffs start, nobody's going to care anymore. And next year, it'll be an afterthought because Jameis Winston's not going to be on the Saints. So, like, uh, Shannon Sharp talking about, I, I cut him today. His, he's had a one-year deal as a backup for Derek Carr. They went out and got Derek Carr. Shannon Sharp's saying, oh, they got Derek Carr because they didn't believe in Jameis. Nobody does. He's a backup. He's a failed number one overall pick. He went 30 for 30, 30 picks and 30 touchdowns. No one, no one does that. But, like, that doesn't make him a bad guy. And this decision, what a throw if that's completed. Nope. Uh, this decision to run the ball out of the victory formation, there's so many layers to it. I, I'm not a former NFL player, but I, trust me, I played quarterback, and I, I I took a few knees to end games, and I understand. Like You're in victory formation. It's the end of the game. They're up 41-17 or whatever. There is a thought that, hey, sportsmanship, whatever, you don't need to add any more points at that point. And also, you don't need to get anybody hurt the last week of the season. If you're in victory formation, you let your guard down. But this is the NFL. Your guard should always be up while you're on that field with your chin chin strap buckled. Like, I, like that's what I don't understand about the whole, like, they were in victory formation. Oh, they tried to deceive them. Tiki Barber said it today. Yeah, they're trying to deceive you every play. I'm watching Washington come out in different personnel, different formations, motioning. It ain't really working in the beginning of the game trying to deceive the defense. It was a one-yard run because Tyron Matthew intercepted the ball and didn't just run all the way full speed to score. The Honey Badger ain't the same Honey Badger that we once knew. But, like, Jameis Winston after the game, I thought he did a good job. He made sure that he said, you know, hey, I, I respect Dennis Allen, and I and that's all me. Like, Dennis Allen called victory formation, right? So Arthur Smith yelling and carrying on, what the F was that? That's BS. Dennis Allen's like, hey, it wasn't me. I, I called victory formation to take a knee. I don't give a damn about this score. It's 41-17. They scored. But, like, Jamal Williams was one of the leading touchdown scorers in the league last year with the Detroit Lions. And he's a very likable guy. He had no touchdowns this season. That was his first and only touchdown of the year. The offense decided that they wanted to get him in the end zone. And that's what Jameis said. It was a team decision. Shannon Sharp says, well, it wasn't a defensive decision. It was a team decision as far as the team that was on the field decided, hey, we're right here. Tyron Matthew came up just a little short, ran out of gas. Let's punch it in, specifically with Jamal Williams, to give him one touchdown on the season. And you know what? We're rivals, Saints and the Falcons. We don't care about them. For, like, for example, Jimmy Graham came out and doubled down on it. Jimmy Graham said... Get off Jameis Williams' back on his Twitter and Instagram, same exact post, with a picture of Jameis, and then another one um, with a picture of him and Jameis. He said, this man is the best teammate I've ever had. Loves the city, this game, and embodies everything you can for a leader. It was a rare situation, and we all take responsibility. Nobody thought it would get blown out of proportion. Also, F the Falcons. They're, like, the team. The team is all like the team is all backing up Jameis Winston, their backup quarterback at the end of the game that went in and was supposed to take a knee, but instead they ran the ball to get a touchdown for a guy in Jamal Williams that likes Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! and Avatar, the airbender, fun-loving guy that all those guys like, Jameis Winston and Jamal Williams, 
They punched it in to get that guy his one touchdown of the season and to, sure, rub it in a little bit more on a rival. I, I saw the reporters after the game saying, oh, you think that's okay? You, you, you see these guys twice a year. What does that mean? What does that mean? Uh, the Falcons are some kind of threat? They don't have a quarterback. They just fired their head coach. We're supposed to be afraid of them? We're supposed to be afraid of seeing them every year? Jameis isn't going to see them next year. This is the year of the backup quarterback and the backup's backup. Second and third string quarterbacks played. Quarterbacks off the street played. More than ever in the NFL, they realized, coming off a season where Brock Purdy, uh, Mr. Irrelevant, led the Niners to the NFC Championship, and they lose him in that game, and Josh Johnson can't get it done. He gets knocked out of the game. Like, the emphasis on having two quarterbacks and even a third. Your quarterback room is important. Jameis Winston will find work elsewhere. And and all of these old school football heads or these people that, that never played football are talking about, oh, come on, man. Sportsmanship. This is the NFL. They are rivals. They were at home, and they decided to get one of their guys in the end zone. Everybody signed off on it except the head coach and the guys on the sideline. The guys on the field decided we're going to run it in. We're going to cash it in. They threw their hands up to signal touchdown. For people saying that Jameis Winston should be cut and he's not a winning player because of that one play, get off of it. And and Tiki Barber said it today, and and, and I'm right there with him. Like we got, it's like we gotta we gotta go out of our way to protect everyone's feelings now. We gotta go out of our way in 2024 to make sure everyone's feelings are okay and don't do anything that's gonna upset somebody. And they're supposed to be this moral code. They're playing a game. It's a football game. Between two teams that are eliminated, it's not that big of a deal. you know. Bigger deal today, speaking of people's feelings, Al Dukes was getting some jokes off, and I got some jokes off as well. I'm riding around in the city this morning. I drive into the city at 1030. I got to go to the Lower East Side. Shout out to my Instagram followers. Today I did like a, you know, ride along with me, just, uh, you know, see my day leading up to my first uh, five-hour show of the week. And I check the traffic to my destination, I'm coming from Jersey City going to the Lower East Side. I check at like 9 o'clock, and it's a 25-minute ride. I get in the car at 10.30 thinking that I'll be at my destination by 11. And as soon as I get to the tunnel, the tunnel is slow. And then I'm coming around the loop. I'm going to exit 3 to Brooklyn, and it's backed up. I'm like, what the hell is going on, bro? Like, it's almost, it's 10.45. Like, (laughs) there's not this much morning commute traffic. And then I get to my destination, and, and Paul hits me about the show tonight, and he's like, oh, I'm like, yeah, just, there was just like so much traffic. He's like, yeah, there's protests going on in New York City. They're protesting, you know, what's going on in Palestine in the Middle East or whatever, and they're blocking traffic. It's like people are making a human chain locking arms to block traffic. People are blocking the traffic from downtown to go to Brooklyn. They're blocking the Brooklyn Bridge. It, in other places, it caused a traffic jam everywhere downtown from uh, the, the east to the west. I was in it today. People don't know how to drive as it is. People can't navigate. You've got tourists. You've got, you've got cabs. You've got people that are aggressive. You've got trucks. you got pedestrians. It was a mess. <laughs> and today, I'm just like, yo. Like, I, I had no idea what happened. I'm like, how does... Waze tell me it's a 24-minute drive exactly, and then it turns into a 45-minute drive. And Al Dukes is funnier than I am. He goes on Twitter, and he said, if your protest causes me to sit in traffic, I am immediately against your cause. Even if you're protesting that babies deserve health care, I will immediately believe babies should go without. 
Those are Al Dukes' words on Twitter, not mine. But then he put out a video, and he said, Dude, did you ever know that you're my hero? Everything I would like to be. He quoted the, the song, I can fly higher than an eagle because you are the wind beneath my wings. A guy in a Brooklyn Nets hoodie jumps out of his car and starts pushing the protesters out of his way. He's trying to get to Brooklyn. He says, he's. I, I live in Brooklyn. I have a daughter in Brooklyn I'm trying to get to. You're breaking the law. It's against the law for you to stop traffic. You're disrupting traffic, you idiots. You can't do that. And so he gets out, and he says, I'm about to start swinging on y'all, and he starts pushing people out of the way. And I commend him. He's bold. Clearly, he had a baby to get to, his daughter, and I hope he got there safely. But, man, where are we at where pro-Palestine protesters are messing up the traffic patterns Monday morning in New York City. <laughs> like, not, not by the United Nations, all downtown blocking the Brooklyn Bridge, where that just messed up so many people's mornings. You, you guys got to get smarter about the protests and where you're doing them and what you're doing. There are, there are other ways to, to you know, fight back or make your voices heard. 877-337-6666. I got to get my guess. So you might as well wait for the call. Keith McPherson on the fan. Talking sports. Talking New York City. Watching the national championship as we proceed. Don't go anywhere. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We'll be back after this. Call us, 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. Good song choice, Paulie. West Coast vibes. And joining us now from the West Coast, my last guest of the night, a guy that I got a ton of respect for. I hope my media career is half as successful as this guy. It's Rob Parker on the fan for the first time with me. Long overdue. What's up, Rob? Keith, what's up, man? How are you? It's a pleasure. Yeah, Rob, you're the man, bro. I'm glad you hit me. I've been meaning to... Get you on WFAN. I, I know we've run into each other at uh, different stadiums and all-star games and events like that. And um, 
I'm I'm happy for you. First off, so for everybody listening, uh, if you don't know who Rob Parker is, I mean, I, I could do the the whole uh, you know reading of his Wikipedia and his accolades, but he's got a baseball writing class that he's teaching at USC, and it just started. And I thought that was super cool. I mean, I wish there was a baseball writing class when I was going to school. There wasn't even that much even media and stuff, but um. You know, he's got a great background. We're going to talk a little bit about that uh, growing up in New York. I think you are a Mets fan. Are you still a Mets fan? We'll get into it. It's Rob Parker. What's up, Rob? Man, I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm from Jamaica, Queens. The whole nine yards used to take the number seven train to Shea Stadium. Man, all that stuff. You know, I'm a reporter. I don't root for teams anymore, so I'm not pulling for anybody. I'm always rooting for the best story or what's going to work for my, for my, uh, you know, narrative of the day or whatever I'm working with, but I still love sports. Been doing it 38 years, Keith, man. I love every minute of it. Uh, from the very beginning, I started at the daily news in New York when I was 22 years old. I covered the Mets in the world series. My first world series was 1986. I covered the Knicks with Patrick Ewing, I mean, you know, I got the New York covered the Nets for a few years. I was the first black sports columnist at Newsday. So, you know, New York is a part of my history. And I once uh, did some shows on the fan years ago. And as you know, me and Chris Broussard now, we do a nighttime show on Fox Sports Radio. So, man, I I appreciate you having me on. Yes, sir. And shout out to MLBbro.com. And I love seeing you guys work with MLB Network. And I was on MLB Network last year on Off Base. And uh, I've connected with a few of your guys that create content and do stuff for MLBbro.com. So, you know, it's all relative. It all works together. And, uh, man, I'm I'm excited for you. So tell us a little bit about how this came about with uh, University of Southern Cal the Trojans, and you being able to teach a a course over there. So I've been teaching. This is my fifth year teaching, and I was teaching uh, sports journalism classes, you know, um, uh, introduction into sports media, a sports commentary class, and stuff like that. But as you know, I'm a Baseball Hall of Fame voter. Baseball is my number one. I've covered the NFL since 1987. I've covered the NBA since 1987, but I've covered Major League Baseball since 1986, and it's just, it's my, it's my life. I love it. I, I'm passionate about it. So I went and I talked to the school. I came up with an idea of a baseball writing class because what I think is I'm running into people, uh, and they're like, I want to cover the NFL or I want to cover basketball, which is fine. But when you first start out, you got to be versatile, Keith. And, and this is what I told the school and the, the higher-ups, is that if somebody goes in for a job interview and you go to St. Louis and you tell the people in St. Louis you want to cover the NFL or the NBA, you're not going to get hired in St. Louis without any kind of baseball background. Yeah. You're not going to get hired in Boston. You're not going to get hired in New York. You're not going to get hired in L.A. I'm talking about if there are two people – and one guy knows football, baseball, and basketball, and you only know base, basketball and football. The guy who knows more has a better shot at getting that first job Preach. because he's versatile. Yes, and that's sir. all it is. And that's what I want to teach is the basics 
of how to cover baseball so that if you get a, a, a first job, they can send you to Fenway Park to do a sidebar. You know what I mean? And you're not going to embarrass yourself. Yeah, and I think it's important. Uh, I, I bring this up in my show. I mean, I got into hockey being on WFAN the last three years because I felt like I needed to add that to my resume. I needed to be able to step into the hockey conversations. Um, you know, it's obviously... Can I, okay, Keith, can I say this real quick? Of course. The reason, the reason that I got my job as a sports columnist at the Detroit Free Press, and when I got that columnist job, it was 1993. Okay, Keith, uh, the newspaper had never had a black sports columnist in Detroit. And I got that job. And the reason I got that job is because I knew hockey. I grew up in New York as an Islanders fan when they won the four Stanley Cups. Mm -hmm. So when I went on the interview and I could tell them who the backup goaltender was for the New York Islanders during that run, <laughs> Billy Smith was a goaltender and Glenn Chico Rush was a backup goaltender. That's what swung it for me. And yeah. you're absolutely right being versatile, and that's what I'm trying to teach. Yeah, because they'll, they'll love to, to hold it against you if they feel like there's something you don't know or can't speak on. So I didn't want there to be an area where it was like, oh, this is a dark spot for me. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of brothers want to get into radio or uh, being able to write and cover sports. And like you said, you know, something I'm I'm so thankful for and proud of is that when I was younger, I didn't listen to even family members like, you like baseball? What you doing with that baseball glove? And put that back right. down. You watch what, what you watch the Yankees every night. Who the hell does that? I'm like I like I like the sport. I love the team. This is me. You do what you want to do, but like this is something I've been doing as a kid and I kept doing it all the way to being an adult, and it and it, it helped my career tremendously. I, Ten years ago, I got in the MLB fan cave, and that was my big break. I mean, I'm still doing – I'm hosting an event later this month with Aaron Boone. Like, just being a Yankees fan and being tapped into baseball, I got on MLB Network last year. Like, if I didn't have that, they, you know, they don't care so much that you play college football. They don't care that you know uh, all the players and teams in the, in the NBA. You need to be versatile, and I love the fact that you're teaching a course – on how to write and how to cover the game of baseball uh, because that is going to grow the game and also grow the black representation covering the game. No doubt. That's my goal, and that's the whole thing. If people haven't checked out my website, MLBBro.com, we partnered with Major League Baseball last year. This year is going to be our fourth uh, year of doing it. Keith, I started with 14 people four years ago. Last year, I had 70, 7-0, and I have all these young black and brown kids in college who are emailing me, I want to learn how to cover baseball. Can you teach me? Yeah. Can you teach me how to make content? It's, it's the greatest thing I've ever done in my career. It really, I've, really is. I've connected with a lot of them. I, I, I see them with you at the All-Star Games. Uh, I've, I've done interviews and um, I, I've I've connected with them just for you know the reason I'm like I hey, I'm rooting for y'all I hope y'all do well let me know if you need anything from me um, if you ever need me to zoom into your your course and talk about being on the radio in New York I would love to do that covering yep. the Yankees I'm and and you know this market and talking about my experience and my run I I always I wish I was better at playing baseball I know you played a little bit too tell us a little bit about your playing days and how you transitioned because that's important 
for a lot of people to know as well. Like a lot of us started off wanting to be Bernie Williams like I wanted to be. And then you just realize as you get older, it's a lot harder to do that and you pivot to covering the game. No doubt. I grew up, I, I wore a baseball cap every day. I thought I was going to play first base for the Mets. I was going to be Ed Cranepool. <laughs> that was, back in those days, the Mets were so bad. The only time they would win is when Ed Cranepool had a pinch hit. So I got to like the guy. Cause those were my only good nights back in the 70s when they lost 100 games every year. But uh, you realize you're not that good. And how can you stay around the game? And that's really how I got into being a sports writer. And, and people who in New York, they know. They grow up, they watch The Odd Couple on Channel 11 every night for 100 years at 11 o'clock. And I, I looked at that, Keith, and I was like, Oscar Madison has the greatest job in the world. He goes to the ball game every night. He gets free food. They travel around the country. And he has his picture in the newspaper. And I was the same way. My family thought I was crazy. What do you mean you want to be a sports columnist and have your picture in the paper? You know, like they, they just looked at me like, what? Nobody wanted to do that when I wanted to do that uh, as a kid. And when I was nine years old, I was reading three newspapers a day. Can you imagine a nine-year-old kid reading three newspapers a day? And I'll tell you my it's big hard, break. It's hard to find three newspapers now. They, oh, I went, you can't do I went looking now. for the newspaper um, to announce Juan Soto. I had to go to a few places. I'm like, well, you don't have newspapers here? <laughs> Unbelievable. And, and the biggest break of all, I was in high school. I was 16 years old. True story. And the school paper took forever to come out, Keith. So I went to the principal. I said, hey, I want to start an all-sports newspaper that comes out on time every month. He looked at me and said, hey, the kids are only going to throw it on the ground. It's trash. Can you imagine that, an educator telling the kid that? <laughs> and, uh. and then he said, we don't have money for it. And so, Keith, I said, well, what if I raise the money myself? Can we do it? He said, okay. I wrote three letters to the three publishers of the three New York papers, the Daily News, the New York Post, and the New York Times. The Daily News didn't write me back. The New York Times wrote me a letter saying it was against their company policy to help people start newspapers. Mind you, I was 16. And guess what? Last but not least, I wrote a letter to Rupert Murdoch, who was the publisher of the New York Post. And Keith, he sent me $50 to start my newspaper. And then I wound up working for Fox and working for him. Can you believe that? I, I mean, you got a great story. That's why when I entered you, I'm like, I hope I, I can build a story and have half the success that you had and, and being able to just connect the dots and put opportunities together. All right, I got two more things for you. Like, if I'm, if I'm uh, in your class, your class just started, what's, what's the first couple things you came in with for the, for the class? What's the first couple things you hit them with um, about the syllabus or what they're going to learn in this class or what you're expecting out of them as students? So my big thing is uh, you never guess or assume anything. Like a lot of people, especially as being a reporter, you want to be as accurate. You got to ask a lot of questions. And the other thing is baseball is like a soap opera. It's every day. So who won and lost is not that important. You know what I mean? You don't write like an AP league. The Yankees beat the Tigers 5-4 to four on Thursday. That's not what we're looking for. There's always going to be a winner or a loser. How do you tie these games together? What do you take away from it? Tell me something that I don't know or a pattern that I need to watch for. I always say, like, when you watch the best color analysts, 
the best color analysts on television, they don't tell you it was a bad play. You know what they tell you, Keith? They tell you, hey, if you're a runner on third base, be ready. This guy's prone to throw the ball in the dirt, and you'll have a chance to score. Do you see what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You're telling me what to look for, not the obvious, hey, the shortstop made an error. That was a bad play. I'm watching the game. I know that was a bad play. Do you Tell me, dig a little bit deeper and have people feel like, man, that guy gave me some insight. I want to read his stuff. I want to know what this guy's saying. Insight is so important. That's what people are looking for today. We're on the phone right now with Rob Parker. If you're not familiar with him, he's a sports journalist, writer, radio host. He's a sports anchor. He's been on Fox Sports, MLB Network. I've seen him a bunch of places. He's got MLBBro.com, The Odd Couple with Chris Broussard. And the reason he's on with me tonight is to talk about his baseball writing course that he's teaching at USC. So, you know, we've mentioned the Mets and you growing up as a Met fan. And I know you've seen so many different iterations of the Mets, and we're in one right now. I just want to get your thoughts really quickly on this offseason for the Mets as we've seen them go from uh, thinking they were going to get Craig Council to pivoting to Carlos Mendoza to the past couple years of going out and throwing money at Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, a bunch of guys, to now pivoting to, okay, Luis Severino and Harrison Bader and uh, Sean Manaya over the weekend. I, I really think it's a philosophy change that is coming from David Stearns, who has been hired as the president of baseball operations. Uh, what do you think about this next season for the Mets with this philosophy change and the difference in moves they've made this offseason in, uh, I think, the third offseason under Steve Cohen as their, their new owner? It uh, feels like they've thrown the towel in on me, uh, to me. And if I was a Mets fan, I would be hoping for a 40% discount on tickets and food. I mean, I don't know how you could go from 101 wins to now, you know, I get it. Last year imploded. You had some older pitchers that didn't work out. But it, it, to, to, to dummy down the, the roster and to do what they're doing, I just don't understand the philosophy. You can't play scared. It didn't work out. I get it. Um, but that doesn't mean that you should throw the towel in on it. You're, you're a big-time franchise in a major city. You know what I mean? With, a money, with an owner with money, not just throwing around money, but, but you're expecting people to get excited about the team they put together. I, I, don't, I don't know how. Yeah, I'm with you. That's what I say. You're thinking they're going to get Craig Council. You're thinking they're going to get Yamamoto. It's Carlos Mendoza. It's Luis Severino. And, and I'm right there with you as far as, like, 101 wins. Yeah, 75 last year. But you have good players on this team. You signed Edwin Diaz. You signed Brandon Nimmo. McNeil got a deal. Francisco Lindor has a huge deal. Right. There's young talent on the way up. It can't all of a sudden now be, oh, change of philosophy. We're not really trying to compete this next couple years. We'll kick the can down the road and kind of reset. In my opinion, this is New York. You have the richest owner in the sport. You're resetting now because you got humbled for one year? That's not how it works in baseball. I keep citing the fact that they were right there in the wild card hunting with the Arizona Diamondbacks, and the Diamondbacks got all the way to the World Series. You don't know. I don't know. You just don't know year to year. But if you go for it, you got a good shot. 100%. I'm with you, and baseball is like that. So uh, things didn't work out. Uh, but it doesn't mean you throw the towel in. And, and I just, if I'm a Mets fan, I would be disappointed just on where the organization is headed because it doesn't sound like a winning proposition. It really doesn't. Yeah, it seems like, okay, now uh, 
press reset and we're going to start the David Stearns era after the Billy Epler era, uh, the Carlos Mendoza rookie manager era, uh, taking former Yankees that Mendoza knows because they're comfortable with New York and like taking these uh, low risk potential high reward. But they're, they're, these aren't players that are that are of high upside. These are players that you hope are just average and decent. Um, and they're putting them around some other players that they've already locked up. I've been on record saying Pete Alonso has had to watch a bunch of guys come in there and hit the mega millions with Steve Cohen. And where's Pete Alonso's money? You think they extend Pete Alonso or is he good as gone in free agency this next year? Yeah, I don't understand. He's their guy. Uh, all he's done is produce. He should have a contract. If I'm him, I would be upset as well. I agree. All he's done is put up numbers. What, what is the issue? Why would you want to give away or let one of your guys go? He's your guy, right? So, so why would you not want him? The one thing when the Yankees uh, had their team and people could look at it any way they want, what they did when they had their core, they paid all those guys. They didn't let Bernie Williams go. They didn't let Derek Jeter go. They didn't let Mariano go. They didn't let Jorge Posada go. They didn't let Andy Pettit go. They paid all of them to stay, and they wound up putting together a dynasty. That's what you do. That's what you do. Well said. Rob Parker, you the man, Rob. I'm sure we'll run into each other uh, at, at the All-Star game out in, in Dallas this year, or maybe I'll see you at Yankee Stadium or City Field. No doubt, Keith, man. Continue. You make me proud. Every time I'm in New York, I get a chance to hear you. I'm very proud of where you are in your career. Happy for you. Keep doing it, man. You're making us proud. Will do. Yes, sir. Thanks for joining us, Rob. 877-337-6666. There's less than 10 minutes left in the national championship. Michigan leads 20 to 13. Everybody that's on hold, I appreciate you guys for staying on hold through that. I've got no more guests. So what we're going to do is break now. We'll come back. We'll, we'll take a couple calls. I'll get my Casamigos big shot of the night in at 11 like we usually do. And then the last hour is open mic. If you want to talk about Wink Martindale, the Giants, their future. If you want to talk about Aaron Rodgers, Rob Sala, Joe Douglas, the Jets, and their future, we can do it. If you want to talk general NFL, we haven't really talked much about um, the playoffs, but I did hit on Jameis Winston and that whole nonsense that people are making a big deal for no reason uh, with Jamal Williams scoring that touchdown. Uh, I, I drew some parallels between uh, the Rams and that Niners game to the Jets and just looking at the landscape of the NFL script and how it plays out and how the NFL is undefeated their king for a reason. They will not lose. Now we inter introduce some baseball to the conversation with Rob Parker. Met fans, call me up, tell me how you feel after hearing Rob's thoughts. A longtime Met fan. Obviously, he's in the media now, so he just said he can't really root for a team. But you just got the feelings from uh, someone that thought they were going to grow up and be at Crane Pool. Yankee fans, you might have heard me talk about Marcus Stroman earlier. I've got no problems with it. I did have some problems with Marcus Stroman. I know there's going to be a narrative out there of, oh, Yankees picking up Mets leftovers. The Yankees need pitching. Marcus Stroman is still a good pitcher and was actually in conversation for all-star Cy Young last year in the National League. If he wants to come home to New York and the Yankees want to take a flyer on him, if there actually is mutual interest, fine by me. Kevin Smith, never heard of the guy. Yankees signed him today. Sean Manaya got signed. 
over the course of the weekend with the Mets. We definitely have baseball to talk. This is Keith McPherson, your nighttime host on The Fan. Chargers and the New York Giants have exchanged their draft picks. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Eli Manning and Philip Rivers. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Yeah, yeah. Right back at it. Still here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling in. 877-337-6666. About another hour and some change to go. Keith McPherson on the fan of five-hour KM to AM, one out of five this week. I mean, I'm watching Michigan. They're pretty much wrapping this thing up, closing this one out. It got uh, competitive for a little bit, but most likely Michigan is going to be your national champion. I bet on Washington, I just, I don't know, don't care for those cheaters in Michigan and Jim Harbaugh moving on. It is 27-13, Wolverines right now with seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. Michael Penix Jr.'s draft stock did not go up from this game, but let's see, maybe he can engineer some type of miraculous comeback, score 14 points, two touchdowns in the next seven minutes. I just, I don't expect the Washington defense to be able to hold because they haven't held all night. They've been bullied up front. If you watch this game, I mean, these guys are just putting their arms straight out, bench pressing these guys off the line of scrimmage. It all starts up front. Keep McPherson on the fan. Let's take a couple calls before we go to the break. And the update, my guy Josh Impasaic is now just regular Josh Impasaic. Used to be young Josh, but he's grown up. It's 2024. What's up, Josh? You're on the fan. Hey, Keith. How you doing? I'm good. I, I cleared the cough. And uh, I'm live on my Instagram. I'm watching the national championship. I got one hour to go. I'm having a good night. How are you? Good. But first, uh, actually, somebody came to me over the weekend. He's like, he's like, Josh, you got to fight. You got to fight Keith over this. He's like, you got to stay young, Josh. Well, listen, whatever he wants to do, he could do. <laughs> whatever I want to do. Listen, you got to fight Father Time. Uh, he's the one making you not young Josh anymore. I mean, no, I think I think what it was was some of the producers write you in as young Josh. Some just write you in as Josh. I don't know what the cutoff is for young. I think the young is is not uh, high school. If you're if you're like under 14, I think when you started calling, you were 13. You're about to be 15 going on 16. You're about to start driving, bro. Once you start getting behind that wheel, we look at you like the rest of us adults out here. You're going to start dealing with traffic coming into New York City. You're going to be wondering why you can't get anywhere is because they're going to be, uh, you know, <laughs> protesting everywhere downtown, blocking off the tunnels and bridges. Yeah, but you never know. Maybe I'll meet Kyrie by one of these one day. What? <laughs> you don't think he's going to show up to one of these? He's been very quiet last year. Something's going to happen. One of no, these I, I mean, maybe if they're doing this in, in Dallas, Texas, uh, Kyrie Irving might be. I don't know. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I doubt you're going to see Kyrie. At one of these protests, he needs to focus on his job, which is putting the basketball in the hoop. None of our none of our uh, concern anymore here now that he's not with the Brooklyn Nets. But what do you got, Josh? I know you got something for us. You always do. So first, and Keith, how how hard do you think it would be, let's say, if somebody offered you like a reporting or a writing job for you to give up all the teams you go for? Yeah, I'm just not. I'm I, I, I like so. I went to school and I and I took journalism classes in communication. And and I understand that there's like this neutral thing, but what I find in new media and in this modern day time, like that, like there is no more like this like journalistic integrity and ethics of like no, and especially here at the fan, 
Like we're not reporters. We're not writing columns and articles for anyone to read. You know who we are. You know who our teams are. So like for me personally, uh, if I was to get an offer, say somebody said in uh, St. Louis, you know, since Rob just mentioned St. Louis, we'll offer you double your salary to leave WFAN and your nighttime position to come do mornings in St. Louis and talk about the blues and I don't even have a football team anymore. The, the car, I wouldn't do it. I, I'm, I'm good. I, I'm right here. I'm in New York. Uh, I like the Yankees. I like the Brooklyn Nets. I like the New Jersey Devils. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. Uh, those are my teams, and and that's what I'm I'm going to be as a fan. I'm staying loyal to myself. But that doesn't mean I can't speak about every team and league. I'm just I'm not going to be a writer. I'm not going to be a journalist. And with the Giants, I don't know, this is a bad move. They should have tried more to keep Martindale. They like the, um, they obviously don't have the actual best defense since whatever the stat was since like week six. But, what, but well, they were turning it around. They held. They were and they're playing also good players. They play Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts looked bad. His defense got smoked him. this year. They they got embarrassed this year. So why would you fight to keep a guy like that? He can go, especially the end of if, the year. They they turned. I'm not gonna say they turned the corner. But it was too late. Like that's another thing. People love putting the pom poms up for the end of the year. Yeah, when you're eliminated. Yeah, the team starts playing well when there's no pressure, when there's nothing on the line, where they're not necessarily playing for anything. Sure, be easy to do. This show be easier to do if I was doing this in my bedroom with no one listening. I can was perform no great. When they played the Bills, they're still very much into that. They and they held them to they, like without a touch on the game. And they lost the though. At the end of the day, they lost. But that doesn't have anything to do with the defense. That was Taylor making. All, all I'm saying is this: if the defensive coordinator is clashing with the head coach publicly, visibly, and the defense is getting smoked, there had to be some issues there. And for him to kind of undercut his guys, you know, for Dable and Shane to fire some guys that were directly attached attached to the work that Wink Martindale does with his defense, they knew that he was going to resign. And it was their way of basically getting him to step out without having to come out and say, we fired him on Black Monday. They've got a lot of respect for Wink Martindale. But it's business, not personal. He can go. And with the and just going over to, like, you know, entering the playoffs, there has been a lot of it, but... With the Dolphins, do you have any confidence in them? Because I think last night, I mean, there was plays where where each team's going off and Tua made some nice throws. But um, don't agree with me that Tua is just like, he's okay, but he's not it. There are a lot of throws he makes that look like just luck throws. Just like lobs it up in the air. That last drive, like, what is he doing? I mean, Tua's in a year where he's trying to get paid. There's been a lot said about Tua. Uh, They beat the Dallas Cowboys on, what was that, Christmas Eve or whenever it was. I don't know. I, I do think Tua is a good quarterback. I don't think he's uh, one of the top quarterbacks in the league. I think he's been blessed with Mike McDaniel and a bunch of receivers. I, I, I don't know. At times he looks mid. At times he looks like he can't get it done. He's not the the biggest frame guy. Like I, I really don't know. Tua, to me, is a middle-of-the-pack guy. So I'm with the Cowboys. Thing I know everybody's always like, oh, no, the Cowboys can't win a playoff game. But, listen, it's the Packers. They're Okay, the Giants were able to beat them with Tommy DeVito, who's not even wasn't even the starting quarterback at the end of the year. And unless they just cowboy it up, then they should. Unless they do that, they should be fine. Okay, thanks for taking my call. Have a very good night. Thanks for the call, Josh, formerly known as Young Josh, Young Jedi, Young Padawan, or whatnot. The Cowboys aren't going to lose to the Packers. Mike McCarthy's not going to lose to his former team. Dak Prescott is not going to lose to that Packers defense, and. Jordan Love and uh, 
I don't know, Dontavian, Dontavious Wicks. They're, they're not going out there and beating Micah Parsons in that Cowboys defense at home. The Cowboys are undefeated in Jerry World. This all this all played out perfectly. <laughs> for the Cowboys to get the number two seed, for the Cowboys who need to be at home to win games, they potentially have two games at home, and that's it. I feel so bad for Michael Penix Jr. He just threw an interception, and I think Michigan's going to house it, and that's going to be the game. They're about to have a party. Then he can't get it to the house inside the 10, down at about the six, seven yard line. Michigan is about to shut the door, and all the Michigan fans across the globe are partying. Michael Penix Jr. is hurt. That's tough. That's going to be how his last game ends. The story's going to end for Washington, the Pac 12. And uh, yeah, Jim Harbaugh, Michigan versus everybody. They're all hugging and embracing. There's John Harbaugh. Oh, yeah, so. About to be a big Michigan night. Let's get another call in before we go to the update. So we had young Josh. And young Josh, I think, is 15 going on 16. When I first started on the fan, young Josh was 13 calling in. It's, you know, there's young kids listening. Shout out to all my young guys. I get a ton of messages from um, parents, believe it or not. That was like, my son listens to your show, and I, I'm flattered by that. I've done some, like, cameos. I've, I've sent some emails, things like that. Like, you know. The kids are the future. So here we go with young Andrew from Far Rockaway on the fan. Young Drew, what you got? Hi, Keith. What's up? You know, watching the game. I think Michigan's about, yep, touchdown. Michigan's about to close the door and win. Um, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Who's your MVP for the NFL? I'm going with Lamar Jackson as the MVP. I know he doesn't have better numbers than Tua, who we were just talking about, or Dak Prescott who we were t- just talking about. But the number one stat to me is wins, and he wins. And uh, I, I just think he's different than any other quarterback in this league, what he's able to do avoiding the rush and rushing the football. And I don't think he gets enough credit throwing the football. He lost Mark Andrews. He didn't slow down. He elevated Isaiah Likely. Uh, he, he spreads the ball around. It doesn't matter if it's Zay Flowers or Nelson Aguilar or OBJ. or You know what I'm saying? I, I think Lamar deserves it. He got paid. And I really do hope the Ravens find their way to the Super Bowl this year. Why not Purdy? Purdy has the same amount of wins as him, same amount of turnovers. You can't say turnovers are a problem with Purdy. Well, I can say that head-to-head, when the Ravens faced the Niners... They did get crushed. Yeah, they. Purdy had a terrible game, and, and, and Lamar had a great game. But is it necessarily about a one-on-one, or is it what J.J. Watt said, you are what your stats are? Yeah, well, if you are what your stats are, like that's a lie, too, because... Debo Samuel inflates those stats. Christian McCaffrey inflates those stats. George Kittle, uh, Brandon Ayuk. There's an argument to say that Lamar Jackson has done more with less. There's an argument to say that. But he does Brock, have the best defense in the NFL. Lamar Jackson? Yeah. That, 40, that 49ers defense ain't bad either. They got a lot of right, good they're guys. They're not, there. but Lamar has the best defense in the NFL, so he's probably staying on the field for longer. Their defense is getting in better territories. I think he's pretty equal. I think Lamar, when you watch him as a quarterback and what he does to affect the game, there's no one like him. Brock Purdy, uh, I feel like in that game when I was watching him against the Ravens, I'm like, even the play calling, they knew they were dead in the water. That first drive when Brock Purdy threw that interception to Kyle Hamilton, I'm like, can't make that throw. Uh, They can can find ways to stop Brock Purdy. Uh, Hasn't been really a way to stop Lamar Jackson this year. I, I think Lamar Jackson wins the MVP based off the record, based off the head-to-head, and based off the fact that he's already got an MVP. He's going to get a second one. Fine. And also about the Pro Bowl, 
the Jets have Quincy Williams, who has better stats in every single stat than Roquan Smith, and Roquan Smith made the Pro Bowl, and Quincy Williams not even being talked about as a snub. Yeah, you know, it's voted on by the fans. Uh, the biggest snub was Antoine Winfield Jr. and Buda Baker making it in over him. When you look at their numbers, it's not even close. So it's funny. Michael Parsons came out and said, Who do they make it over? So, uh, so Antoine Winfield Jr. Didn't make it, and Buda Baker did, yeah? Yeah, and that's insane. When you look at their numbers, Buda Baker has no numbers. He just has the name. He's Buda Baker. He's got the respect, and he's got people voting for him. Antoine, is that what Roquan Smith is, too? Say that again? Is that what Roquan Smith is? Because he only has... 87-ish tackles, one-and-a-half, four fumbles, and Quincy Williams has more more interceptions, more tackles, more run stops, more stuffs, more everything. Young Drew, you, you got those numbers. You got those stats in front of you, man. Or maybe you're, I don't have the stats in front of you. Maybe you're a rain man. You know the stats, but it's not. See, numbers can deceive you. Roquan Smith is is maybe the best linebacker in the NFL. When he got traded from the Bears, I'm like, they just got their new Ray Lewis. That guy's a monster. He might not necessarily have all the numbers to back it up, but man, like he changes their defense. He has in the last two years. He, he deserves to be... also changes, changes the Jets' defense. He's oh, also a presence on the field. I, wants to go I, have, I have no argument against Quincy Williams. He had a great year. The only argument is the Jets weren't any good and they didn't win games. And uh, he's not a, a household was, name. Well, was the Jets' offense not good or their defense wasn't good? Quincy Williams is on the, the defense and Zach Wilson's on the offense. And Quincy Williams is not his fault because Zach Wilson stinks. Yeah, Zach Wilson hasn't played in about a month. The Jets... Trevor Simeon, they all stink. Timmy Boyle, they all stink. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is supposed to be really good next year, but it's it's the team. Okay, you know what? It's when Aaron Rodgers comes back. Right, when Aaron Rodgers comes back, Super Bowl next year. Drew, you're the man. Thanks for the call. <laughs> young Andrew. Uh, the young fans that call the fan are the best. You young guys have more stuff at your fingertips as far as, like, ability to watch and learn and look up than ever. It's great. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 